You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Definitely glad to be sharing with you today. It's always an honor, always a privilege. And we are uh, doing a series on stewardship. And last week, Andrew shared some things on stewardship, uh, specifically within, in regards to tithe. Uh, and if you, did, if you were not here, I encourage you to go to the website and listen to that. Uh, quite insightful, quite amazing. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you for that. You know, we, we learn that, uh, you know, we don't give the tithe, you know, we're, we're, we are returning it back to what, what's already his. And, uh, you know, how many know that you don't get blessed just by reading the Bible? Now, in Revelation, it says those who read this will be blessed. So there's one chapter that you know you will be blessed by reading it. But you actually also get blessed by doing the Bible, right? And in James, you know, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So when, you, when we talk about stewardship, when you, when you say you believe something, uh, do you do it? You know, do you, well, I believe in, in tithing. Well, do you do it? Well, no. Well, then I don't know that you believe the word. Do you believe in giving? No. Do you believe in sharing your faith? You know, if you don't do those things, I, I, I don't know if, if you believe the word or not. You're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. So you, you only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do, right? We put action to it. So we're talking about stewardship. You know, what, what are you doing with what God has entrusted to you? So, so we talked about the tithe. We're bringing it back to what's already his. But in some sense, it's like, what are you doing with the rest of the stuff that he's, he's given to you? Not, and not just financially. We're going to talk about a number of things. Uh, but quick, you know, it's definition of stewardship, conducting, supervising, or managing. I love the business nature of it, uh, especially, uh, you know, it's, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. You know, so God is entrusting these things to you. Everything you have, he's given to you, and he's entrusting you with it. Everything. Your job, your family, like your kids. Like so, some people, you know, I, it always troubles me when, when I hear people say, oh, you know, my kids, you know, don't have any more. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? They're a blessing. Like, like he's entrusted, he's trusted you enough to give you these kids to raise them up in the kingdom. And so, so I just get troubled by that. You know, the other, the other night, and this is a tangent, but this lady's like, oh, you know, we're in a group and um, I had two kids, I can't have any more. And I was just like, well, I got four and I could go for more. You know, I was just like, I love family, I love kids and let's do this, you know. So now we're not going to, but I just, I just put it out there that I, I love kids. There we go. So it's all, he's entrusted you with this stuff, right? So, but, you know, there's two great questions that I think everyone is faced with. And, and you're, you're faced with it. Um, I think as we get older, we start to think about it more. But, and, and I think the Holy Spirit is continually reminding us, young and old, um, because they're, they're very important questions. And, um, and I think ultimately when we get to heaven this is when we're going to face the reality of it. And there's two great questions. One's in regards to salvation. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Not what church did you go to, not what's your denomination, 
what, not your doctrinal stance and all the nuances of all of that. He's like, what did you do with my son Jesus? That's one question. And the second one is in regards to stewardship. What did you do with what I entrusted to you? What did you do with your finances? We talked a little bit about that and, and we'll talk more probably in the future. What did you do with your family? What did you do with your giftings? Um, what did you do with everything that I gave you? So, as TK mentioned, I, I had this a little bit from the, the um, leadership conference, and I do want to go into the story of Moses, because he was a, a phenomenal leader. Um, and, and Exodus 3 and 4, uh, the story of Moses, you guys know this, but interesting, though, it's broken up, I would say, in three parts. His life's kind of broken up into three parts. The first 40 years, he's in the Pharaoh's court learning to be somebody. The next 40 years, he's in the wilderness kind of learning to be a nobody. And in the final 40 years, he's leading the children of Israel across the desert learning to be God's somebody. And so, you know, in Exodus 3 and 4, he's, he's 80 years old. So he, you know, he sees the burning bush. The angel of the Lord appears uh, in flames and, and God says, take off your shoes. You're, you're standing on holy ground. God tells Moses he's going to lead the people out of Israel. You know, that's quite a feat when you think about quite a prophetic word that he got. Does, does anyone ever have dreams or prophetic words that they're just like, that's ridiculous. There's no way I can do that. Anyone? Come on. Yeah, I, I think we all have. We're like, what are you talking about? This is nuts. They seem so big. They seem so out of our wheelhouse, you know, like, really? You're calling me to do that or it's that big? Um, but yeah, he, he told Moses to do that. And, he, and they talked back and forth about that. Well, Lord, don't you know I'm not? Yeah, yeah, whatever. So you're going to do that. So then God asked something, and, and he, it's, it's a profound question. And so I'm going to just quickly go to Exodus 4. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand? The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and he, it became a snake, and he ran from it. The Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reaches it out, took, took it back, and it turned back into a staff. This, says the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And so the question is, what's in your hand? You know, it's a profound event. Um, you know, kind of looking at the symbolism of that, of that staff. That, that staff that's in Moses' hand represented some things. You know, it, first it, it represented his identity. You know, it's like symbols in profession, you know. So it, just even in the last week, I was just reminded of this, and I'm looking around, you know, if a, if a guy has like a saw or a screwdriver, well, he's probably a carpenter, right? Or if he's got like this, this white coat, maybe not strapped he'd be crazy but if he's had a white coat you know maybe maybe he's a lab technician or or uh you know a tool belt for a construction worker or like if you got like these these little access cards you know that are like on a clip and you're like beep, you're probably in it right so so tools of the profession it's it's an identity thing it also represented his income so what is that if you have a staff that means you have cattle and so back then, if you had cattle, you had money. 
You know, if you had a lot, you were wealthy. If you had some, you're okay. If you had none, you were poor. So it represented his income. It also represented his influence. You know, the purpose of a staff is to move people or move flock from point A to point B. Right? It's his influence, his ability to lead them somewhere. And God's saying, what's in your hand? When you, when you lay it down, when you lay down your identity, when you lay down your income, when you lay down your influence, when you lay it down, it's going to come alive and God's going to use it and do great things through you. When you take it back for yourself, it's just a stick. But when you lay it down, it comes alive because God uses it for his kingdom purpose. And what's interesting is for the rest of that story in the Bible, it's never referred to as a staff again. It's referred to as the rod of God. The rod of God. It's now God's. And he uses that to do all the miracles, to, to split the Red Sea, to, that, you know, the Nile River turns into blood, strikes the rock, water comes out, the plagues, all that stuff. It's the rod of God because Moses laid it down. He uses a simple stick to represent God's power. So the question is, what's in your hand? What are you stewarding that's in your hand? You know, just a little bit about me um, and, and Lorna. You know, uh, for me, always love music. Uh, some of you know I'm involved in uh, what's called electronic dance music. I've loved it from a young age, even when it was like considered weird. Uh, just as a kid, I was actually prophesied as a, over as a young adult that I would be using sound, like, like sound systems and different things to like reach people. And I didn't quite know what that meant, but through, you know, I, I picked up DJing and I picked up production and, and I just started to be faithful in it. And, you know, through various experience, I knew that God was calling me to that area. And tons of stories, but it, and it's taken many shapes over the last, honestly, 20 years. But now Lorna and I, are still a part of this thing called Transform, and we get to use that music to go around the world and, and share the gospel with people. And so, you know, what started out, out as, a, as a stick had no clue what I was doing, but I was being diligent and, and stewarding what I felt like God had given me in terms of a, of a word or a prophecy and even a skill, and now it's turned into something where we're leading people to Jesus, we're defending the defenseless, and we're leading people into worship using this music, and that's absolutely crazy. Never thought it would be something. So what's in your hand? What's, what's your stick? What's your shtick? What's your identity, your influence, your income, your talents, your giftings, your passions, your dreams? What's in your hand? You know, I, I believe we're not called to sit around. We're not called just to the nine to five, get home, eat dinner, spend some time with the kids and go to bed and wash, rinse and repeat. Now, some of us are called to business and I get that, but it, it's with a purpose. There's things he's, he's gifted us with. But what are you doing to steward these things? You know, generosity is, is a key element of stu stewardship. Uh, if you go through the Bible, you'll see that there are about 7,000 or so promises in the Bible. Uh, and, there's, and there's a condition, you know, if you do this, then I'll do that. Uh, but most of the promises are related to generosity. If you're generous in this area, I will do this. 
And it's not just money. A lot of times it is money because God uses money to test your heart. Uh, I think a lot of times um, that's the case. He just does it to test where you're at. Do you, do you trust me as your source or do you trust yourself as the source? But the promises are related to generosity more than anything else. But it also is time, energy, talent, even your praise. But why, why is God so interested in generosity? It's, it's love and action. You know, God, generosity honors God. Generosity draws us closer to God. Um, it demonstrates your faith. If you're generous with what he's entrusted with you, it shows that you're relying on him as the source. And, and there's this statement, it's like, if God knows he can get it through you, then he's going to get it to you. Right? If he knows you're stewarding it and you're going to be generous with it, then he's going to allow, he's going to give you more. Again, I think we always think of money and that is true, but it's more than that. So if he can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. So are you generous? Will you have friends in heaven because of your generosity? Think about that. Time, talent, treasure. Will you have friends in heaven because of your generosity? You know, here at Redemption City, we want a culture of generosity. We want radical generosity. And why? Because he has been so generous to us. For God so loved the world that he gave, you know, he gave a son that we could have eternal life. How much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He gives his Holy Spirit. If any of you lack wisdom, he gives generously wisdom to all who ask. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He's adopted us as children. We've been accepted, redeemed, all that. He's done everything for us. He's been so generous. I love that song, Great Things. It's probably my favorite song right now. Um, I have been listening to it forever. We've, anyway, great song. Because it's just, you're so great and you've done great things and that's all I'm going to talk about right now. And so because of that, we're going to be generous with what, because of what you've done. Every time you give or are generous, you become more like Jesus because that's what he did. And that's all he did. You know, sometimes it's, oddly enough, sometimes it's easier to be generous with finances or affluence, but sometimes harder with influence and time. You know, time is a big one. Um, <clears throat> speaking of time, let me just check. Ah, not too bad, okay. Psalm 72, you know, David's prayer for Solomon. Uh, you know, Lord, uh, bless him, increase his kingdom, you know, give him this, give him that. At first you're kind of thinking like, wow, this is kind of a, kind of a selfish prayer, you know? But he says, why did he ask him to prosper? He asked him to prosper him so that he can deliver the needy, defend the defenseless, rescue the oppressed, take pity on the weak, and crush the oppressor. That's why we ask, again, if the Lord can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. That's why we ask him to prosper, so that we can be a blessing to other people. We're conduits, you know? So what will you do when your influences are increased? You know, if, if God um, allows you to get more influence, what are you going to do? Because if you're not doing it now, you're probably not going to do it then. 
Same thing with money. You know, people are like, well, yeah, I hear these preachers who give 90% of their, their, their salary and they only take 10%. I'd do that too if I had, no, you wouldn't. If you don't do it now, you won't, you won't do it then. If you're not faithful now, you won't be faithful then, right? <clears throat> you know who's doing a good job of, or a, a better job of stewarding their influence? Kanye West. Do you know who's doing a better job of stewarding their influence? Justin Bieber. Now I say these things because they now, you know, yes, they got influence through a certain means, but now they've had an encounter with God and they're saying, wait a second, I can now start sharing this in a platform to millions of people and I'm sharing Jesus. I'm not saying they're perfect by any means, but there's a, actually there's a revival going on in LA in the Hollywood area. You guys need to look out for in the arts and entertainment industry. People are coming to Christ in droves. So literally be on the lookout for that. Back to time. What are we doing with our time? Are we making time for people, for the lost, the hurt, the broken? You know, we are busy. Uh, I'm busy. This, this is probably the one that's hardest for me. Time. You know, ministering our neighborhood. Ministering to each other. Discipling others. Making time to pursue this thing called community in Redemption City. Are you making time to be hospitable? Are you opening your home? Or are we, are we so busy? You know, and again, another saying, you know, show me your, your checkbook, I'll show you your priorities. Show me your calendar, and I'll show you your priorities too. What are we doing to steward our time? And really the question is, you know, again, what are you doing with what's in your hand? What identity has God given you? What influence has God given you? What income has God given you? What gifts and talents has God given you? And I think this one's forgotten a bit. Like we have gifts and talents, but we're not, we're not stewarding them to use them for his kingdom. <clears throat> so let's, let's talk about that. Four, four key points, just real quick on stewardship. Be faithful with the little. Luke 16, 10, he who's faithful in the little will be given much. And there's tons of, tons of examples here, you know, uh, just take weightlifting. Um, because I just remember JJ started this weightlifting thing this uh, this year, and uh, he couldn't lift a ton when he started. But literally now, when I wrestle him, I, I, I can't get him down. Like, and it's only been like six months, and this just like he's like filling out, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But what happened, right? When he started, he I, I don't know what he started with. He probably started with a bar and maybe a small plate, just. Okay, that's what I can do. But then you, you work, he's working, he's being diligent and now he's getting a plate and boom, right? You gotta be faithful in the little, you know? So I, I had another acquaintance in college. He went on, I don't know why Hollywood, but he went to Hollywood. He was a, like a graphics slash uh, set maker guy. And he started just sweeping floors at this, this movie production place. He's just sweeping floors just getting in, getting a job, sleeping floors, and he'd see him start, hey, I can do that. And he's, another one, hey, I can do that. And he'd tell him, but he kept staying faithful, staying faithful. And then he got his opportunity and he showed him what he could do. But he had to, he had to keep working on what his giftings were while he was sleep, uh, sweeping floors. He had to still stay current and stay up on things. And so he got his big break and he actually designed this underwater scene 
in some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about 15 years ago. I forget what it is. Schwarzenegger's swimming underwater and he sees these aliens or whatever. That guy designed that set. Like, he made it. It's so cool. But he would have never gotten to that point if he wasn't stewarding his, his giftings and his talents, right? Stay faithful with the little. You know, you want to be a preacher, teacher, get in the connect group. Start a connect group. Let us help you start a connect group so you can start activating those gifts. If you want to lead worship, let's start activating. Let's help, have you help lead with the kids or do different lead at connect groups. You know, it's just start, start practicing, getting ready for when the, your name is called. Uh, number two, never stop learning. <clears throat> when you stop learning, you stop growing. When you stop growing, the things around you stop growing. And you know where that leads. It's like death. You've got to keep growing. You know, God is a lot of times looking forward to what you're going to become than when, what you're currently at. So you've got to keep learning and growing. Learning in the faith, growing in the faith. Ecclesiastes 10.10 uh, says, If the axe is dull and the edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. You've got to sharpen your axe. Keep learning, keep planning. Keep the axe sharp. It's also a test of character. You know, what's your character like? If you don't get your break right away, are you going to give up? Or are you going to keep going and, and stewarding what you believe God has called you to? Number three, never compare yourself to others. Second Corinthians 10 says, It's foolish to compare yourself. You should never compare your kids, your business, your ministry any of that stuff. Never. Why? Because you'll always find someone better. That'll make you full of discouragement. You'll always find someone worse. It'll make you full of pride. You know, God will never say, why weren't you like so-and-so? Other than Jesus. But he'll never say that. You need to be securing, you need to be secure in knowing whose you are know the one that loves you and the, what he's called you to do. And they're calling and he's leading your life. You know, and, and the way you are, God's wired you to bring God glory the way he wants you to bring, God, bring himself glory. He's wired you that way. So never compare yourself to others. You can always learn from others, but don't compare. Who's better, who's worse? It just, you're you. God's called you. And finally, be generous with what's in your hand. And then just let God build his church. Be generous with what's in your hand. You know, you judge a church not by seating capacity, but sending capacity. You know, we, we, we've planted three churches. And, and TK's gotten feedback from people who have hundreds of people in their church and people on staff. And they're like, how in the world have you planted three churches? And we're just like, I don't know. We're just generous. We save up some money. And when people, we feel like people are ready, we... Empty the bank account, and there you go. Because we're judged on sending capacity, not seating capacity. And we have big plans. 10 and 10, uh, other missions work. You know, we're, we want to be a sending church. Be generous with everything in order to increase the church's sending capacity. So keep investing in people. Keep developing people, discipling people, and keep serving people. Again, will you have friends in heaven because of your generosity? What's in your hand? What's in your hand?
Uh, let's just, uh, yeah, let's all stand. You know, as I was just thinking, um, <clears throat> I just started typing this stuff out. I felt like it was from the Lord. It was more of like, well, what, what are we going to kind of end on? And I just, I had just this theme of people with dreams, prophecies yet to be fulfilled. You know, God's saying it's not over. I don't care about your age. I don't care about how young you are or how old you are. You know, I heard this saying, we get the same Holy Spirit, right? When, when a young child receives the Holy Spirit at five, he doesn't get a junior Holy Spirit. He gets the same one. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is right there. So it doesn't matter how young or old you are. God's saying it's not over. So for the older, it's not over. And for the young, don't worry about failing because I'm with you even till the very end of the age. I put those things in you for a purpose. I've called you to use them for my glory. I just want you to be faithful and generous with what I've given you, with what I've put in your hand. You may think it's small, but just watch me use it. Don't let it go. Stay faithful. Stay diligent. Take the step of faith and use what I've given you. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you um, for this reminder that you are the author of everything good in our life. Lord, you have done great things. Lord, you have, uh, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, we know that you've entrusted us with everything that we have. You've entrusted us and you're calling us to be stewards. You're calling us to be diligent and faithful because there are people that need to know you. And we pray, God, that um, you would just remind us of those dreams and prophecies that you've given us. Lord, if we've let them fall off the radar and we've, we've stopped um, planning and learning and preparing and growing in those, those certain areas, Lord, would you remind us of what you've called us to. Help us to be diligent and faithful so that you would say, good job, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We bless you. Thank you. Bless, bless each one here. But would you just speak to us by your Holy Spirit? We bless you in Jesus' name.